you stayed with us this long. This is the grand finale of this series. Very excited to have Graham Cox with us uh, to talk about how your go-to-market strategy needs to change and morph and uh, go through a transformation just like your services and new ways of doing business are coming from this digital transformation. You can't have one without the other. And we've, if you've listened to the previous episodes, we've talked through how your business is going to change and how you need to consider uh, new services that you're going to offer. And so now we really need to start talking about, but what does the go-to-market look like as you add these new services and go through this transformation as an industrial machine builder? So Graham, uh, thanks for joining us. Hello, Justin. Good to be here. Thank you. And, and through the magic of digital technology, Graham is actually joining us from the UK today. So why don't you introduce yourself, give a little background as to before you, you joined us on this? Sure, Justin. Yeah, Graham Cox here. I'm uh, working in PTC based in the UK, but I actually cover uh, all of the countries in, uh, in Europe. In my current role in the digital transformation team, I've been in PTC for 18 months now. Previously spent all of uh, my career in IBM. I spent all of my time in the IT sector working really with the industrial sector clients. Uh, Spent a lot of time with customers in aerospace and defense, in automotive and in discrete manufacturing companies. So uh, that's where I've been. That's what I've been doing. And uh, now working in uh, in PTC in the digital transformation team. Yeah, and I've... uh for the audience to know, I, I have the pleasure of working with Graham on a daily basis as we work on different sides of the ponds with customers, helping them go through this transformation. Uh, so hopefully we're going to have a really interesting conversation today. Um, so for those who have listened to previous podcasts, uh, hopefully you're binged it uh, in your car. Maybe you've been taking it step by step or even sharing with your team different episodes inside your organization. I really want us to kind of take a step back and we've really gotten deep into some of the things that are going to change inside your organization, some of the things you need to consider. But when we go through all this change, we also have to change that go-to-market model. And so, Graham, maybe can you explain why do we even have to think about changing our go-to-market strategies? The concept that you're touching on, Justin, it's it's a term of servitization that's been used uh, as a business model going back right back to the 1980s and possibly even before that. And this trend of servitization has evolved across a number of sectors in the marketplace. And it's because customers are increasingly looking for a service contract that they put in place with their suppliers rather than just buying a product as a single transaction. And the many high-tech capital equipment firms have been attracted by the potential revenue benefits of this new servitization model. And they've chosen to move from just supplying a product to supplying both products and services. And that's maybe best uh, explained by looking at an example. And one that's often used is in the civil aviation industry, where manufacturers of aircraft jet engines over many years now have evolved from just selling the engine as a piece of expensive capital equipment to, to change over to what's called a power by the hour business model. What this means is the customer buys the power that the aerospace uh, engine delivers and the manufacturer is contracted to provide the maintenance and support services through through the life of that engine. And that contract ensures that the engines deliver power, that they're available, that they're reliable, and, and it's provided over a multi-year period. But what that actually means is the, the, the interests of the client and the provider become more closely aligned because in the past, the manufacturer would make money through the, the life of the engine by providing repairs, uh, spare parts, on a time and materials basis. 
put crudely, that would mean that the, the worse the engines perform, you know, the more maintenance they require, then they, there's more potential for that uh, sort of repair service through the life of the product. But there's a contradiction in that because, of course, the customers don't really want unreliable engines in the first place. They don't want engines sitting in the repair shop. Uh, they don't want to compromise the availability of their scheduled services. What they really want is products that allow aircraft to fly safely, reliably, and support their brand reputation. And I love this example. I actually travel quite a bit and have seen kind of the benefits of this with on-time rates and internationally the industry on-time rates and, and have skyrocketed cancellations, have fell through the basement in the industry to almost nothing, except when your flight's canceled. Then, of course, it feels very, very real at that moment. Um, but statistically speaking across the globe, uh, you know, this is one of the ways that they've contributed to this number driving towards zero. Um, and, and I love how you said it, it really aligns everybody to the same outcome. So so it's a, it's it's real. It's understandable. I love this example. But, you know, when I sit there and say, okay, I, I buy into this this idea and there's this transformation that goes on and, and actually I see how easily it is for the customer side to transform the way they do business, right? Instead of budgeting for things like maintenance people and, and parts and all these things on, on, the, on the shelf and ready to go just in case, I have a flat cost, right? I budget for an X amount of dollars and just pay an organization like Rolls-Royce or GE that money and say, it's now your problem. So I understand how they would change. And, and it's quite an easy change for them, actually. But if I'm a machine builder, hardware supplier, how do I move from just that solely hardware supplier to now a solution supplier, which is, by the way, backed up by the hardware I make? Well, I think this is where the, the more recent advances in technology over the past sort of 10 years can really play a part. Because these new technologies that Today, we categorize as digital transformation technologies in, in the Internet of Things, in augmented reality, in advanced data analytics. These can all serve to support and to accelerate this transition over to the servitization model for a, for a machine builder, for an equipment supplier. Now that products can become more complex systems, because what we can start to do is embed hardware, sensors, storage, microprocessors actually into the product, and we've got connectivity pretty much ubiquitous now connectivity is everywhere so we can gather data in real time from the product we can assess how it's performing we can analyze that data we can start to uh, identify patterns of what was happening on to the machine leading up to a problem when it occurred so that next time we can anticipate it we can uh, take preventative action before the uh, the availability incident occurred yeah. And, and um, you know, I think especially in industrial space, we've had some of those sensors, we've had those microprocessors, but exactly right. The change now is now I can get that data and do something with it, you know, both on the system, but even outside the system. And, and that's enabled by digital transformation solutions like IoT platforms, uh, augmented reality, data connectivity, the cloud, you name a new buzzword. Um, and But those are driving real change. So, you know, do you have any examples of someone other than aerospace engines who have kind of gone through this, especially, you know, with these large capital assets? Because industrial machines tend to be large capital investments that, that an organization is going to use for years and years and years. We might take another example. Um, for example, a company manufacturing and providing large earth-moving equipment, you know, diggers and uh, construction equipment. Um, in the past, 
those companies would be selling exactly as you say very large expensive pieces of capital equipment as a, a single transaction you know the customer would buy the construction machines and then they take ownership of it as an asset and they put it to use in their daily operations in their in their construction operations and if the machine during its life gets overloaded if it's overstressed on a regular basis maybe by a you know an inexperienced or poorly trained operator then eventually the machine will break down and the responsibility then lies with the owner the operator to bear the cost of the repair or replacement of the asset but if we then look into the new model the new servitization way of doing things the machine isn't sold as a capital asset but we could consider something like a multi-year earth moving services contract so the supplier needs to establish in that contract the maximum loads and tolerances that are supported on the uh, on the equipment and then the supplier can monitor using the technologies we talked about they can monitor and manage the use of the equipment on a regular basis you know for example using remote asset monitoring using performance management data analytics that we talked about and this allows the supplier to be alerted in advance on on overload conditions to anticipate problems or breakdowns before they occur and again this is interesting because it not only protects the supplier from unexpected costs and reduced profitability but it also opens up for them new opportunities for new services so if you're identifying a problem you can go back to your customer and say look uh, we think this is happening because you know your operator hasn't had the right training you know we can offer you additional training services uh, we could even offer you sort of remote expert assistance to actually guide your operators through the the operations they should be performing you know so they they understand best practice and they don't cause this situation to happen again so it's uh it's a case of monitoring what's happening in real time it's a case of anticipating problems before they occur but then actually getting down with the customer you know in a more of a partnership relationship to say let's work together to to prevent this happening and to optimize uh, availability to optimize performance of the of the asset you know that's an interesting point you bring up because i think it's you know been talked about quite a bit this idea of using analytics to prevent downtime. And I can understand how that's an integral part of providing new services as an industrial machine builder. But the part that, you know, maybe I, I, I didn't really put together and you just did, I think quite brilliantly is, you know, for example, if I'm making a metal stamping press, one of the things that, that really would have scared me from doing this is the idea that I don't actually know if the customer is using the product the way I designed it. So if it's an X ton press and they're putting in X plus five, X plus 10, X plus a hundred, um, you know, they're significantly reducing the life and there was no way for me to know about that. And so then it goes, well, do I really want to go about offering these new services? But now with the data connectivity, visibility and analytics tools that are brought to bear now, not only can I, you know, prevent the downtime, which is great for these as a service type models, the servitization model, but it also gives me all sorts of risk mitigation uh, opportunities as well with my business because now we can work in that partnership to avoid those kind of out of bounds usages. And so we've we've talked here, Graham, about the idea of changing a little bit the way I go to market, the way I want to sell things in the sense of like I'm, I'm offering the servitization, right? Uh, strokes right. on a press um, or, or as we'd say in the industry, uh, shots on a press, right? Or parts coming off the line. But, you know, it's one thing to say I'm doing that, but does my messaging and my sales team need to change at all? Or do I just, do I just you know, keep selling the way I've been selling? Well, we, we touched previously on the way in which this, this new way of doing business brings about the closer alignment between the interests of the supplier and the interests of the customer become more you know, merged together. 
And I think this needs also to be reflected in the messaging when you're going out to market with these new products, with these new services. And it's really all about how you're going to assist your client to generate value in their own business. You know, this whole value chain that we hear about. And the relationship, as I said, moves more towards a partner model rather than a, uh, a customer supplier basis. And it's all about finding that finding those key performance indicators, what is the real critical business goals that the customer needs to achieve, whether it's maximizing availability, whether it's uh, optimizing throughput, whatever it is, those KPIs need to form part of the messaging that you're taking out. What we're providing to you here is not just an asset that you then take responsibility for uh, getting the best use out of it, but we're actually going to provide services to you to assist you to do that. And Graham, I want to Um, pause you right there because what you said there is so key. And I think as part of this transformation, your go-to-market, you said you need to identify your end customer's critical KPIs, right? Uh, that, that is huge there because when we're talking about this messaging change, and let's go back to engines real quick because that's easy for everyone to understand, but it can also be you know shots on a press, parts off a line, parts assembled by your machine. Um, but when we talk about engines, if I were to come to you, if you're Delta and I'm Rolls-Royce or Pratt Whitney, and I said, you know what? Graham at Delta Airlines, I would like to sell you engines as a service. And you said, sounds great. And I'd say, you know, my engines are awesome. You should buy my engines. They have maximum thrust and they consume very little fuel. But that doesn't really align with this new servitization model, does it? Because, I mean, while the fuel consumption is interesting and important for their margins and and thrust certainly is important for performance of the engine, I would think from what you're telling me is my messaging actually needs to change around to this idea of of me coming to you instead and saying, hey, I'm from Pratt & Whitney and uh, I have an engine that has high levels of uptime with minimal usage of fuel and minimal required maintenance. What can we do together to implement these engines? That's it. You, you've got to, you know, it's moving away from the the old way of doing things based on price performance and technology features of the of the machine. In this case, an engine or you know whatever it is. It's it's not about the the feet and speeds of the machine. It's not about the technology improvements you've built in. It's about working with your customer to find a way to actually deliver what they're looking for in their business. And that's what we need to focus on, right? So if I'm making a press, in you know, it's probably shots per minute. Then I really start focusing on shots per minute. And again, I, you know, I can't stress this enough because I think this is a massive change in the way we go about doing things. Um, because as we do that, you know, that's maybe something that my sales force hasn't normally done before. When, when we're talking it's this way. It's interesting you're using that example, uh, Justin, because we, I actually visited a customer in the UK, you know, a manufacturer of steel presses, you know, that are used in, in many parts of uh, one of the customers they're actually selling into is making a lot of garden equipment. But a lot of their press machines are actually very old. You know, they're, they're out in service, actually used by their customers and starting to become less reliable. So what they actually did, they've now started to put these sort of sensors and, um, you know, data collection on the uh, on the presses so that they can work with the customer and actually assess the machines in operation and get into this whole business of, uh, you know, anticipating problems and working more closely with the client, you know, rather than just leaving them with an old machine that's becoming more and more unreliable, they're taking some proactive action to say, okay, let's let's get the best use of this machine for the remainder of its life. And that's all about customer relationship. And, you know, eventually these machines will need replacing Who's the customer going to go to? They're going to go to the the supplier that's really working with them on a on a day to day basis to 
Yeah, absolutely. It's all about, you know, harnessing that customer relationship and improving and continuing to work on that partnership together, which I love. It's so key. Um, I think we could talk about this forever. I love this idea of changing the messaging and, and how your messaging and your whole business strategy changes. But we're out of time on this one. Uh, appreciate you joining us from across the pond. Uh, it truly is an international episode today, uh, <laughs> which is a lot of fun and uh, enjoy working with you every day and, and hope everyone uh, enjoyed this episode. Reach out, you know, Graham and I are both easily accessible. Reach out to us and, and have a larger conversation. We'd love to. You can see there's passion between us on this topic. Um, would love to talk to you on this. So, Graham, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Justin. Good to talk to you. Yeah. And uh, if you have any other questions you want to follow up on this, looking for more information, it's ptc.com slash industrial machine builders slash podcast series. Thank you very much for joining on this. Thank you for joining us across all these episodes. We really appreciate your time investment and uh, looking forward to hearing to you and working with you more uh, here at PTC. Have a good day.